You're listening to Freud's Angels, where we talk about where the science of the mind meets the spirit of the heart. Each week, we'll discuss ways to create awareness of yourself and your reaction to the world around you today, as well as healing events of the past. I'll be bringing in both traditional and non-traditional psychology concepts, and I'll be bringing the healing through the lens of our heart and how to heal what we discover creating a powerful connection between what our heart needs and what our mind thinks we want. Now we're your hosts. I'm Amy. And I'm Vanessa. Now let's get into the show. Hey, angels. Welcome. Episode 45. Miss Vanessa. What, what, we're going to actually continue kind of the theme of last week. What are we myth busting this week? Oh my gosh, I'm so excited about this one. I've been itching since last week. We are going to myth bust about men and feelings and emotions and therapy <laughs> and just essentially, you know, all of that robotic male crap that has turned, you know, toxic in our society. I'm so excited because I, you know, I believe in it. I do this, you know, for what I do. I, I, I have men that come to me for therapy and it's, it, it's a, it's, it hits me in the feels to talk about it. So I'm excited. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's, you know, it's a miss, you know, I think that it's, it's generational. It can be generational. It can be, it, you know, it can be like, societal that prevents them from thinking they need help or that it's okay to get help or that they're not a pussy for getting help. You know, all the, all the great euphemisms that Mm -hmm. men like to push at each other, but it's just because they're jealous. Most of the time, if you have guys that are ribbing you for doing something, it's because they're jealous that you had the courage to go do it because they too need that therapy. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) Or, you know, they know that, in, in, or not no I shouldn't say no they feel like they're gonna look bad because they're gonna stay in that toxic place uh because of their you know not having the courage or the ability or you know the faith um so yeah absolutely we all like to be on the level with everyone right yeah. <laughs> if you're soaring then I have to soar too and I might not feel comfortable doing it yeah um yeah I think I mean it's funny because <laughs> that exasperated sigh <laughs> at the beginning is like, I feel like what the collective is right now. And I'm really big on, you know, the, the grand uprising right now of, of kind of the feminine energy because our world is so wounded and kind of needing the nursing and the nurturing that we provide as women. And we're really, you know, kind of rising up to do that for ourselves, but also for everyone. And I think what um what has been created a little bit of this um of the like you know women just kind of standing up and be like oh no we're here we're powerful whatever it's like a lot of men are getting uh feeling wounded they're feeling like they're being pushed to the side and out of the way and feeling like they are they are all being labeled as these this toxic patriarchy and and it's kind of creating a pushback and 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 it kind of comes down to people like us being able to say no 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 that's not what's happening you know i've i can't even tell you how many male friends i've had that are like they do that they get stung 
by you know me saying something like that and I'm like I'm not talking about you dude <laughs> like you're a good dude like you're yeah. a good guy I'm not you're not a toxic male you know like you don't have toxic masculinity you're not the patriarchy we're talking about here you know like you are progressive you are standing beside me it's it's different so there's a lot I think going on for men right now and it's difficult because they haven't been taught how to deal with feelings or emotions so these extra added in addition to the ones they've been ignoring (laughs) or trying to push down the extra added trying to keep their place in the world in some way is just I mean, it's exploding. This is why we're having, you know, the the suicide rate continues to be very, very high with middle-aged men. Um, Why we're seeing our, you know, the people that are doing mass murders are not women. (laughs) Typically male. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So, you know, I think there's plenty of evidence that our guys need some help. And hopefully this podcast can help them feel like it's okay and not only okay but like it's awesome and it's exciting and it's something to jump and run to right now (laughs) or if you're a parent and you have children you know I think that that's that's where it begins um you know it begins with our home life and you know a lot of these people who have you know I won't say a lot some of the the people who have done you know these mass shootings and you know some of them have really unstable home lives. They have no parents because the parents are trying to make ends meet. They're trying to work and they're ignoring sometimes, you know, they're not really trying to make sure they're keeping in touch with their children and what their children are doing and children suffer in that way. Um, You know, and we can blame a lot of other outside influences, but if the parental unit, if the family unit isn't solid, it doesn't matter what the kid's into. It's going to manifest in some way, whether it's self-harm or whether it's harming others. And that unfortunately is one of the biggest downfalls of not being meant not having secure mental health or secure home life and if we want to really take a look at where some of this came from I mean if you think about it you know over you know you we could go far back as ancient you know time frames as how the women were considered the weaker sex and how the men were the stronger sex and the men were there to protect and provide for the family and that has continued on in generations and you know and if you also look at the mental health of some of the people in those ancient times especially when you're getting into like medieval bronze age you know that type of if you look at some of how the these some of these men especially in power had very poor mental health I mean, if you look at, it was Charles, I don't know which Charles it was. It was one of the Charleses. He was crazy because, but it wasn't like he was crazy because he was manic. It was probably because not only the stress, but just the fact that you're, you're, when you're King, you're like, there's a lot on you. If he, if, you know, not that there was therapy in that time anyways, but if you, I look at things as if there was therapy in that moment, could he have been better? Could he have healed? You know, I look at that, 
but well, it's almost it's funny because it's almost like it is almost like we were we continue to repeat the same patterns yes because back then they had apothecaries and, t- and stuff like that right medicine right it's the same damn thing we're still doing the same thing where people turn to medicine and if medicine doesn't work i guess you're crazy you yeah. know like we forget like communication yeah <laughs> probably like- talking your feelings out you know like they had a good they had a good handle on like well not a good handle because you know some of the medications weren't weren't great but they were at least available right (laughs) like it was like hey if you've got an ailment we can give you a thing for it (laughs) right it would probably kill you but we'll give it to you and it'll help you for a minute (laughs) right Right. (laughs) but there was leaning towards how to heal the body how to heal the mind how to heal the there was there was this idea that it could help um, you know, and then you see, like we talked about last week is our mental health system really mm-hmm. was antiquated. I mean, we have asylums, yeah. we have like electric shock mm-hmm. treatment. We have all those things that they used to do to people thinking that that would cure mental health. And if you think about it, most, a lot of the doctors, they're all men, they're all men. Mm-hmm. Let's just, let's just tie them up to a car battery and see what happens. Yeah. It's such a man <laughs> thing, you know? <laughs> and logic it's logic based it's not like we that we like to what we can see and the effects that we can see right like that's kind of the logical male brain as we know it right versus all of this oh it's just floating in the air I can't see it which is typically what we women are responsible for bringing into the world (laughs) true enough and but and it's not to say I don't want I don't want guys I don't want you out there thinking oh we have to turn into women in order to to get mental health therapy or that's what we're going to turn into and that's not the truth that's not it's not but you know I guarantee you know especially from the generation of the depression you know the man was the hard worker wasn't you know men don't cry you know boys don't cry you know that sense of you know be a man or suck it up or you know whatever euphemisms that was used in your family because i know there was one of them most especially our generation and before they were plagued by the fact that they had to suppress everything they felt and I think it was a generation before ours that really started to get into the feels, really started to, men really started to understand that they were feeling that it was emotions, that it wasn't just them being weak. I think that idea kind of started to seed itself that, oh, these are emotions, but I don't know well, how to I deal with them. I think it came from huge breakdowns. Yes. You know, like yes. it's, I always say in therapy, like, a lot of times we don't bounce back until we've hit bottom. Yep. And I think that that's what happened. There was a lot of bottoms that happened in that generation um, where it was like desperation will make you look to the things that you maybe weren't looking at before. And it's like, when you lose yourself completely and have a nervous breakdown, you cannot help but to say, well, I guess I have feelings. Yeah. <laughs> Well, and those who were adults in the 80s and like in their 20s and the 80s, I think that whole scene with, you know, with, with everything happening, like the drugs, you know, and, and the, all of a sudden the, like the news media really crucifying the gay community. Um, And then, you know, you had all of a sudden you had this, this uh, pandemic of the AIDS virus that happened and how the government did nothing to help. And how they just created more stigma on top of stigma on top of stigma. So you're getting people who are scared 
now all of a sudden people are scared and it's not just women, it's men too, because, you know, the statistics, while I don't believe them, you know, were that the majority of the people who suffered from the AIDS epidemic was male. Um, And, you know, with that, it's like, you know, how the fear alone, I think just really gave people that sense of, something's happening. I'm having an emotion that I can't control, or I'm having an emotion that I can't suppress because it's too big for me. And then they go into like mental health crisis breakdowns. They go into this stage and there's a lot of grief happening because your, your, your best friend is dying or your loved one is dying and you can't, and there's no rights there. So there's a, there's a sense of, and there was much more happening at that time too. I mean, that's not just it, but I, I see it from the lens of what I know. Um, so I think that all of a sudden it became like, Oh, I think therapy started to become a thing in the eighties but mainly like women, they already knew they were like, sign me up. I need something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But men were more reluctant because of the judgment that would sometimes come. You yeah. didn't have. Well, I mean, think about when therapy started, <laughs> right? Like when Freud, you know, created, you know, we call him the father of, 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 you know, psychology for a reason. Cause he was the first person that, you know, really just kind of went like, Hey man, something's going on in the brain and it, and it's like something we can't explain, but we have to deal with, we have to get to the, you know, to the root of these things. And from that came all of his weirdness and people didn't want to be associated with that. (laughs) Like men are not like, I want to kill my father and marry my mother. Like that's some crazy shit. I'm not, I'm not going to therapy if that's what you're going to tell me that is my problem. Right. I mean, I can't even tell you it's, 2021 I still hear that I'm like I'm not going to tell you that like yeah you do you have any idea how long ago that was but the 80s and the 90s were kind of like when therapy was starting to shift more toward a personal like a person to person versus all of these theories right like so in the 50s and the 60s we had like really really basic theories of psychology and it that was when like people were starting to branch off and starting to and and it takes years it takes years and years and years to really solidify a theory or to solidify some of these approaches that people were using these branch offs so i mean it just took a long time for there to be other options for there to be and you know then it has to be word of mouth traveling that hey it's no longer Oedipal and <laughs> and like Electra complex it's no it's no longer that you know we have these other great therapists that have come out of the woodwork and 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 branched off and all the different ways that now you are being psychoanalyzed right like it's no longer just psychoanalysis there's all right. kinds of other theories that that are going on but uh, you know again like you said because of everything that's going on in society too that's getting lost yeah. right like we're getting lost in all of the news stuff we're getting lost in 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 women's roles shifting and no longer being you know just the home 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 you know the, the home taker what are they called i don't even know homemaker, homemaker. i'm like what are they called <laughs> like i wasn't am yes. and am not one <laughs> um but yeah, like, I think just even just at that bare bones of what psychology is, was not communicated. And still we have difficulty communicating it because of 
some old thoughts and perceptions about it that just are, you know, only recently being challenged and shown as antiquated. Yeah. And, you know, and, and to be honest, I, you know, guys, I, I don't blame you. I don't blame you for having this stigma or this decision or this idea around mental health is because you've not been given a very clear and equitable picture of what it is. Yeah. And I really feel that, you know, if, if we can encourage you to at least try it and to at least find someone that you feel comfortable talking with, whether it's a male or a female therapist, whatever it is for you, um, even just trying it out for like a month and seeing what happens because you're, you're human utmost for first you're human, you know, or not you, you're human. You exist, you're human, you have an outer, we have an innie, you know, it's like, that's really not much difference, Um, but you're wired to use that left brain logic. And I get it because I'm a very left brain person. I get sitting in that, but I also realize is that right brain suffers and I get, that's where my depression comes from is when I'm not spending time in that right brain, trying to see myself as a human and deal with what's inside. And it doesn't mean you need to get all in the feels and that you need to, you're going to come out of it with, you know, a daisy crown and whatever. What it means Unless is, you want one. yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> what it means is, is let's work on ways to identify and, and, and identify emotions, what they are and what you're experiencing so that, and here's, here's where the, here's where I want you to hear me. When you do this work, when you're in this work, it helps give you an awareness so that you have better control of, of how you react to the world. You have more control. You have more awareness. You have more abilities to handle the situation. Like you guys like to do, I'm going to handle it. You know, the more that you explore your emotional landscape, the more expert you are at yourself and the more that you know how to handle everything that comes your way. Now, there's always going to be those moments where you don't know, but you have a better way of being constructive with how you feel. And you'll begin to learn how to share them in an equitable way with your partner, with the people around you, with your loved ones that you feel safe with. That alone will broaden your world in such a degree that you, it it'll, will literally blow you away. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, like I, I, I get a little bit how it doesn't make sense of how, how, how does that look? You know, because women are in touch with their feelings and they kind of get messy and it's like, well, yeah, because we don't have to worry about it. I can cry at the grocery store and people will be like, Oh my gosh, what's wrong with you? You know, like there's this, there's this, you know, I get it. But if a guy is crying, we're all like, Oh God, what do we do? Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. Is he going to kill us? Like, you know what I mean? Like we're, we're like, Oh, holy unstable. I get it a hundred percent that that doesn't make sense to you guys why that would be okay. That's not what we're talking about. Um, And I also do understand that whole strength thing. Like we can't deny that we look to men to be strong. We can't deny it because you are bigger. (laughs) You are literally built bigger. Most of you, you are built to be able to be stronger 
And so therefore, yeah, that's why you guys were the protectors and the hunters and all of that kind of stuff since the dawn of time. Like there is a reason for that, but it does not mean that ignoring your feelings makes you strong. It does not mean that feeling your feelings makes you weak. It does not mean that you cannot, that you fall apart because you feel. That's the, the, the misnomer or the, the, you know, the, the thing that I think scares people is I don't have the ability in my life to turn into mush, <laughs> right? <laughs> like I have to keep it together for my family. I have to be able to go to work. I have, you know, all of these things that, yeah, that's pre- that is society pressure on you. And I see it. I hear it. I will not deny it. I know. I know you guys are under pressure. A lot of you still are the main breadwinners. A lot of you still are the backbones, uh, you know, physically of the family, the protectors. Absolutely. You've always had a lot of pressure on you for that, but you still have feelings. And that's the, 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 like the reality of it. So when people come to me, when men come to me for therapy specifically, um, you know, a lot of times it is inter interrelational difficulty, you know, um, and we, we explore the idea of, okay, well, you know, you're here because you feel, you know, you are not a robot. You were not built differently, you know, by whomever you decided, you know, created human beings, we all got the same brain (laughs) and we choose to use what we, you know, what we are drawn to or what we are taught, but the reality is you have feelings and Amy is 100% right. Once you learn them and understand how to step into them, you don't fall apart. Right. Like you just, you gain more control and more ability and more vision by awareness. We say it all the time. Every single week we say that awareness is your power. When you are self-aware you have abilities that you don't have when you're looking the other way or when you're pretending that there are not parts of you that do these certain things. You have so much more power that way to be able to say, and you don't have to say it outwardly, right? Like I don't always cry when I feel like crying because sometimes I do feel like, well, I don't want the attention that would bring that would be brought to me right now. This is a me thing and I want to do it. But I'm aware of how I feel and I'm aware of why I feel that way so that I can then do the work to fix the problem. What has happened to men is that you guys have not been taught that that's okay. You've been taught a very, very slim line of things that you're allowed to do in order to fix a problem. (laughs) A lot of it is aggressive. A lot of it is based in that power, uh, strength and visible strength right? Like we punch things, we, you know, go wrench on the car. Yeah. Like there's all kinds of quote unquote manly things that we do. We don't sit in silence and listen to music. Right. But you can, and that doesn't make you fall apart. That doesn't mean that you are anything other than a person sitting there listening to music and being introspective. Nobody has to know what's going on in your brain. And that's what I teach. That's what I teach the men that come to me. It's like, nobody needs to know unless you have decided that that's who, what you're going to communicate, this is about you. You go to therapy to make you feel good so that your place in the world feels good, no matter where your physical body is. That's why you come here to be able to sort out all of these things and regain power over all of everything that you don't have control over. You try to control it maybe with anger, 
because it makes things go away temporarily, right? Somebody's pushing your buttons and you get angry, they go away temporarily, but that whole thing has not been solved because it will continue to happen again. However, you come to therapy and we process what that feeling is that they touched, what that button is that they touched, we gain control over that situation for the rest of your life. Right. It's freedom that you create within yourself by literally just getting a little bit of help. I'm telling you, like the guys that have come to therapy, I, I'm like so freaking proud of them because, you know, some of them it's like night and day and they really feel it and they will... They, they tell their friends, right? Like the ones that they trust, like, Hey, you've got to do this. You, I cannot believe how much better I feel. And it's beautiful. It makes me so happy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. We get excited when men or any people who identify as male or even yes. non-binary that they take yeah. control of their mental health mm-hmm. um, and dealing with the stigma. And maybe it's the stigma. Maybe you're you know, you don't, and, and you also don't have to tell people that you're going to therapy. No. It's not something you need to put on Facebook or on right. a billboard by your house. that says, I'm in therapy. Right. It's just something you do. It's another appointment considered another doctor's appointment. And here's another bonus that comes with that idea of therapy is that, you know, if you're single or even when you're married, it's like creating these intimate relationships on a whole new level, because you have an awareness of your emotionality and being able to, you know, begin to share that with the people that you absolutely adore and love and your partners. And because I guarantee, even if you don't tell them you're in therapy, I guarantee if you were to come to them and say, yeah, you know what, that, that incident really made me feel really off and I wasn't okay about it. And, but I understand, you know, why, I mean, you say that to your partner and she's going to think she won the lottery because I'm telling you, it's like, I, I, from my personal perspective, you know, and this is, this is my own journey with it. And of course, you know, we, we have our relationship magnets. I attract people who don't emote, who don't share their emotions. And I just, I, I work so hard at trying to get them to share it. It's not my, it's not my job. It's not my job. And so mm-hmm. I have released that need, but you know, I, I just, I, I feel so bad for them because you know, they're in pain and you know, they're hurting. We can see it, but they don't want to share it and they don't want to talk about it and they don't want to deal with it. And it's like, you just know that they're suffering and it's hard to see that. But if you come with this, uh, like, yeah, yeah, I was really upset. And, you know, and I kind of know why, and I'm, I'm, I'm working through it. You know, even just that is like, oh, great. Cause then, then it makes us feel like, okay, he's not suffering. He's he, or they are not, you know, being, um, you know, they're, they're not being plagued and I don't need to step in to help them because that's our natural instinct is to help you. If we love you and we see you suffer, it's in us to start to nurture and to begin to help you not suffer because that's what we don't want to see. And we see it and had no being aware of who you are, your emotions brings you another level of intimacy. You guys have never experienced and everything gets better from that. Yes. And speaking of intimacy, it's like amazing to me. Every single man that has come to me has 
established emotional intimacy on a level that they've never experienced before. And to me, that's so sad, right? And I have to explain to them emotional intimacy because I say the word, what does intimacy mean to you? And they immediately think of sex, yep. right? Yep. You say that to a woman, we're probably going to say both things, right? Like we're going to say like kind of feeling deeply for somebody or passion, you know, like we're thinking like we're going deep with that. Men really that emotional intimacy is not, is not bred. So then they come to therapy and it's like, why, how many, how many times I've heard, why am I telling you this? Or I can't believe I'm telling you this or all this kind of stuff. And I'm like, this is what happens when you're emotionally intimate with somebody, you feel like you can be yourself and say the things that you're saying, but you still are yourself. You know, like there is again, that misconception that you're going to turn into this person that you are not, that you're going to all of a sudden be, you know, a flower child roaming around the fields talking about how you feel. And it's really not because it's just going to be you being able to manage your emotions and being able to communicate better with other people so that they can understand you. And the more people understand you, the better they treat you because they know you, right? Like being able to communicate your emotions isn't just about telling people your hurts, right? Like we're not whining about how we feel all the time. And I say all these things because I'm literally pulling it from (laughs) my sessions with men, their beliefs, the belief systems that have been instilled in them that they like spill out onto me. You are not whining when you talk about your feelings. You're allowing the other person to know how to treat you and how to understand you, right? Like being able to say, you know what? That reminded me of my dad blank. Like we're not getting mushy or whatever. If you're not comfortable with that, if that's not who you are as a core person, but you're still communicating, Hey, that touched a nerve. I'm not cool with it. You can't, we, you can't do that. Like we're setting a boundary, you know, or being able to say like, yeah, you know, like I, I realized, I realized my reaction to that. That was a pretty strong reaction. I'm going to go figure out what my deal is. and uh I'll come back to you right like that's that's the kind of language that men deal in right (laughs) so it's like you remain you you just create a better understanding of who you are so that you can communicate that out in the world so that you can find your tribe of people who understand you that will treat you well so that you can create the world around you that nurtures you and and supports you and makes you feel good about who you are so that you don't when you are pushing all of your feelings down you're hiding who you are you're not allowing people to know know you truly and you wonder why you feel alone and you wonder why you feel like you don't know when people love you and it's because you're not showing them who you are you're not sharing with them who you are and all of like there's so many things that come up beautiful when you're able to do that um it's i mean it's it really is unbelievable (laughs) things like how really really not taken care of men have been but also how difficult it is for them to get any kind to, to be able to have the courage to get help you know, it's still in 2021 blows my mind that we still have these conversations, but I'll keep having them. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, and, you know, those of you guys, I know there's some out there who 
feel that you can't access, you don't believe the people in your life that, that they love you, that they're there for you, that they can even remotely possibly love you and who you are. Um, they probably love you more than you think. And it's that you've closed off, you've closed off the heart because you know that's where some of our emotions wellspring from. And mm -hmm. when you close that off, you close off the love that is around you, all of it, all of the people who are in your life trying to lift you up, to be by your side, to be support you in the ways that you need supported. But when you shut yourself off, there is no, there's no access to it. You're not open to it. You're not giving to it. And once you begin to open that doorway, you all of a sudden will begin to feel their, their love. You'll begin to see it and feel it and experience it in a whole new way. And you'll begin to believe that there, that there's tons, there's infinite amount of love out there for you, infinite amount of support for where you're at. Even if you're not sharing your, your issues or your emotions, just being open to it is enough. Yeah. Because you're open to also other people's emotions. You're open to the experience your kids are having. Like you're not, if you're close to your emotions and your kid, child is having an emotional meltdown because they're not sure how to handle their emotions, how, how effective are you as a parent? Yeah. And when you can step into your heart and step into the, some of the awareness of what you struggle with, you can, sometimes you can ask yourself, is my child mirroring me? You know, yeah. is it because I don't know how to handle it emotionally? I can't teach my children how to handle their emotions. Yeah. So maybe in learning that you're giving your children an avenue to learn new tools, new abilities. You can sit down with them and hug them and be like, wow, what are you feeling? You know, is everything okay? What's happening? And giving them space to explore that and, and to allow your love for them to come out of your heart and to bathe them in their time of crisis. This is, these are the benefits you know, I know there's some men my age or even non-binary people my age that don't you just, isn't there a part of you that wishes your dad could have just said to you, son, I'm proud of you, or I'm proud of what you're doing and that I love you. There, I know that there are legions of people in this world that would have loved to have heard those words, but because that person is not because he, because chances are he came from the depression and it came from that era that you don't talk about that stuff. You have to learn, teach your children discipline. You can't well, be yeah. soft on them. Well, how right. well does that work out for you? Right. And then the child is what lear learning what, well, this is, this means they, they just kind of make it up. Right. Like, well, this yeah. means that my dad loves me, I think. Yeah. Right. Oh, well, he works all the time. That must mean that he loves me. Yeah. What a message. Right. Cause then you carry that on that like, well, if I work really, really hard, my kids will know that they love me. What? Or, <laughs> it didn't work for you. Come on, man. <laughs> or they become, or you start to think I'm not lovable. Maybe he doesn't love me. Maybe there's something wrong with me. He hasn't told me he's proud of me. Maybe there's something that, that I didn't do. And you start to become the people pleaser, which never works out well. Trust me. I've, I've tried that. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. just, you know, there's, there's so many things. You never want a child to wonder how you feel about them. That is like, start, that is like parenting 101. 
you never want them wondering what is my how does my dad feel about me how does my you know what what does he think never leave them wondering because that's going to be the basis of their whole life right and i think and I, i'm going to go as far as to say that most parents even the, even even the men that haven't really been taught how to handle their emotions are really great about this when kids are young yeah. honestly yeah dads who don't really know how to deal with their emotions are good at taking their 7-year-old sons out fishing when they're having a bad day or taking them out for ice cream after they've lost a baseball game and they know they're disappointed in themselves and in their team and in their you know feeling dejected pretty good at that right because they're little kids right like we we have an ability to kind of understand as little kids that we have to you know kind of hold them in hold space for them in those moments it's that that when they get older and that that's when it starts to cross over into well i have to teach them how to be a man and so we take away some of those baby things, quote unquote, you can't see my air quotes, but I'm air quoting baby things and insert man things. And that to me is where it goes sideways. It's right? Like, right. So a lot of kids will, or a lot of kids, I shouldn't say kids, a lot of adults that are sitting in my office will absolutely have real points in their life when they feel that that love shifted or they feel that that was when they started to disappoint their family is because they didn't, that shift happened that, well, I was no longer being coddled as a child. And then all of a sudden I was expected to be this and I didn't hear those things and I didn't get those rewards and I didn't get any of that. I was told to toughen up all of a sudden out of nowhere, you know, and it's because of that, that shift of, okay, well now I have to teach him how to be a man. It's okay to be a kid. You're allowed to be a complete disaster (laughs) no matter where you are as a kid, because we get that you are trying to figure out the world. You know what? You're trying to figure out the world at 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 35. We're always trying to figure out the world. (laughs) either. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Right. But we need to feel loved and we need to feel um, that the people that love us and especially the people that brought us into the world are proud of who we are and are here for helping us change the parts of us that we aren't happy with or that we'd like to improve on um, and just, you know, keeping that knowledge there. And so, I mean, I, I really do think that for men, that is where the shift is you know, a lot of substance abuse issues. And I know that from doing my time in, um, you know, in rehabs and stuff, a lot of substance abuse issues for young men happen in those teenage years, because that switchover happens. We're now expected to start doing adult things, right? No more crying. You're not allowed to cry anymore. Uh, Something that was acceptable two years Mm -hmm. ago is now not acceptable. Right. I told you that that was the way to handle your emotions. It's okay to cry. And I gave you a hug and now it's not okay to cry, but I'm not going to tell you what to do instead. (laughs) Yes. I'm going to let you figure (laughs) that out what to do with all that emotion. Right. It's totally pretend it's not happening or go punch a wall or go drive your car fast or go do these things that, that 100% do not do for you what that hug did or what that crying did. Right. So now you don't, all of your coping mechanisms are gone because you're told they're not acceptable anymore. Um, So I think, you know, explanation wise, I think we have a lot of good, you know, we kind of get it. (laughs) 
we're kind of understanding where some of this comes from. But that solution, I think, is still cloudy for men. And that's why they have a hard time doing it. They're really not, not clear on what it's going to look like. And that fear becomes stronger than the discomfort of sitting in, you know, some of these, the, these feelings. A lot of men are content with like, that's fine. I'll just, I'll just put my head down. I'll work. I'll be miserable. doesn't matter. Nobody cares anyway, because I don't have the luxury of going and becoming a soft man. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Dude, that's not what it is. I like, please listen. <laughs> if you hear nothing else today, understand that therapy does not make you a soft, not strong man. Right. <laughs> right. And you know, and, and, and I, and some of, and I want to touch base on something too, is that um, over time, I understand that your hurt has turned into anger and it's easier to hang on to the anger than get back in touch with how hurt you are. And I well, get you're it. You're allowed to feel anger. That's, that's a, that's an, a man emotion. You're allowed to be angry. Yes. Cause it's tough. Yeah. But don't, I encourage you not to have that narrative through your whole life. Then not to not do the work because you'd just rather be angry. Um, I have seen my kids go through it and anger is the preferred form of emotion. Um, and it's not to say that they didn't have, you know, the ability or the encouragement to take care of it or the resources. It's just, they would, some of them would rather stay in anger and it's horrible to watch. It's self-destructive. It's, you know, it's, you know, watching men try to prove to themselves they are unworthy and try to prove to themselves how life is awful. And that when that, that anger becomes toxic. Now, anger, of course, is an emotion we all have to, are entitled to feel, but it's when you're using it as a way to either punish yourself or a way to view life through because it's easier than to be hurt. Cause well, you are hurt and that's why you're angry. And that's what I tell people is like, you're never, anger isn't a pure emotion at all. Not even it's, you don't just become angry. You're angry because of the underlying emotion that was hit. So you can pretend you're not hurt, but I know you're hurt because you wouldn't be angry if you weren't hurt in some right. way. So there you have it. <laughs> but I encourage you guys to really check where you're holding your narratives and where you've decided things and that that you've decided that's just who you are because I disagree. And I just, just check in. Am I holding some stories that I'm not letting go of? You know, am I attached to my stories about myself and about my past and how I want to be the martyr and what was me? And, you know, you want to use that as a way of life. And I think that you're just basically limiting yourself to an amazing life. So just check in with yourself, see where you're at. Are you using it? you know, and, and that's a good indication of, you know, yeah. Okay. Maybe I do need some help. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think too, the, that it's important for men to really think about um, their limiting beliefs in this, this arena. Um, like you were saying, like holding on to that narrative and, and sometimes, or most of the time, I feel like it is very subconscious and that it's 
Um, it becomes a pattern to see the world as uh, dangerous for you or in, in one way or another, or uh, just unfair to you. Like there's that narrative of, um, you know, this, this is my world and that's the only possible world for me. Um, I generally try to encourage men to think about somebody that they think is happy. And, you know, we kind of go from there. It's almost like an emulation or like a, a mentorship <laughs> that the other man doesn't know he's in um, <laughs> of like, well, so what do you think makes them happy? You know, and kind of exploring that. Do you want to be happy? What does happy feel like to you? What's the time that you were happy? Wouldn't you like to feel that more often? Or does that feel very unsafe for you? Does that feel like if you are not, if you are happy, that means that you're not on guard or that you are not paying attention? You know, like, really, where is this coming from? Because um, there's a lot of different places that it comes from. Um, but there's the idea of, you know, trying to find what it looks like to you to live a better life. What can it look like? You know, we don't have, it doesn't have to be an uncontrollable process, this healing process where we're like, oh God, I don't know what I'm going to be on the other side, but I'm willing to trust you. I understand how scary that is, <laughs> especially given some of the narratives that you've heard about what can happen when you become a sensitive male, right? And you're maybe not feeling good about what that looks like, but we can look to other people. Um, my, I'm going to plug a another podcast today. <laughs> uh, it's my favorite podcast. I am very excited to catch up on it on my road trip impending. It's called How Men Think. Um, it's, I originally started listening to it because Gavin DeGraw, who's my favorite musical artist, <laughs> was on it. He hasn't been on in a while. Uh, but the, the other person, the other co-host is Brooks Like. He played in the NHL for like over 20 years. Uh, the other reason why I was listening to it, because I thought the best of both worlds, like a hockey player and, you know, uh, my favorite musician. But it is an unbelievable insight into what it looks like to be a man who feels and he brings, they bring other men on to talk about real life issues and what it feels like. They talk about their own toxic behaviors and their, their learned behaviors and undoing them. I mean, it is really an unbelievable um, podcast to listen to. I know that I'm a woman listening to it. And so I have like a different point of view, of course. Um, but I just really think that there's a good mix of men on there. There's like a lot of, he's a tough guy. He played in the NHL guys. Like, and he like climbs mountains. He's got his like husky dog doing all these like really brute strength things, but he sits down and bears his soul. And it's like the perfect example of how you can live a fulfilled and emotional life, but not lose who you are in the process. So, um, I think, you know, doing a little bit of that, that dreaming is good for men, you know, like to just kind of sit and again, you don't have to do it with other people until you're comfortable, but being able to say, you know, am I happy right now? What would make me happy? What does happy look like for me? Have I completely lost touch of that? You know, probably not. If you really sit and think about it, probably not. And within the roots of your happy memories is the way to create more of them and to create that more intentional life rather than that life that you feel like happens to you. I think that's what, you know, I hear the most is that uh, the men that come to me feel like things are happening to them and they've, they don't have any control over it other than to just be angry or to try to control things with 
anger and strength um, and aggressiveness. And the ones that succeed, you know, I, I have a couple in my mind right now that have done so well and they're just so much happier. They've created lives and relationships that are so much better and they're still who they are. They literally have not changed. It's just their communication has gotten better. Everybody else on the outside sees them just as who they are. Their personality hasn't changed. It's just their interactions have gotten better. Their lives have gotten happier. They've been able to create more of what they love in their lives and feel less like life is just kind of happening. And it's really a beautiful thing. It's something that you know, I was excited to do this podcast because I keep seeing it happen. And it's like, oh man, if Mormon would do this, how great would that be? I feel for, I love men, right? We need women. We need men. We need the whole spectrum in between of how we feel we are. We need all of those parts of us. We need our divine feminine. We need our divine masculine. We need all of those things blended together in whatever that looks like in each body. And, and I, I mean, I can't say it enough. I know that this is a hard time because of the uprising for women and feminism and all of that kind of stuff, but it's not about anti-male, right? It's about, no, let's infuse some of this good. And we all come together to create that beautiful balance that happens when the feminine and the masculine are in balance. It's a beautiful world. It's a utopia that I dream of. (laughs) (laughs) And so I'm doing my part by trying to drag men into therapy and force them to have a happy life. (laughs) You're such a bad person. (laughs) Oh my gosh. You know, and one thing, a quote from Wayne Dyer is one, you know, he's a very favorite of the two of us. Um, he said he was giving a talk and he said, life is not a a series of unfortunate incidents. Mm -hmm. Life has given us moments that help us grow, that bring us to that next stage, that give us information we're going to need along our path. And when we can learn how to manage the emotions of these incidents for our highest good, we can step forward empowered on our path, whatever that is, whether it is just going to work, taking care of your family, coming home, having a beer, talking with your wife, playing with your kids and, and, and just enjoying the football game. If that's what it is, imagine if you could do it in a way that was just, it felt a little brighter. It -hmm. felt a little more like freedom and it felt a little more like you it wasn't you taking on the world. It was you taking care of your family, but that they supported you and were behind you every step of that way. And really feeling that, feeling like they had your back, that in any moment, if you would call on them, they'd be there for you. And that's what you get to create out of the freedom of knowing how you feel and what you need. Yeah. And digging through that past and letting it go. Yes. <laughs> Let so. it go. You are not a slave. You don't need to be a slave to anything. None of us. Amen, Amen to that. Amen to that. So friends, especially our 
male listeners, I hope that you've gained some insight. I hope you've heard the encouragement we're trying to give you and to really consider just going and talking to someone. It doesn't have to be, you don't have to announce it to the world. Just go, just go see. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm sure you have great insurance because you work really hard for your family and for yourself. So please go check it out. <laughs> just go see what it's about. You never yeah. know. Yeah, absolutely. We, we love you guys. And we're, you know, Vanessa's a great therapist. And, you. you know, if I was a guy, I'd want to have therapy with Vanessa. Thank you. Because I know she's pro me. She's not going to tell me that I need to stop being me. Right. So, And let's be honest. I have quite a lot of male <laughs> traits myself. <laughs> I mean, I feel like a lot of men come to me because... Uh, you know, I, I, I get it. I've been inside the world. You, when the, I played hockey for, you know, 30 years or something at this point, you don't play hockey with a bunch of guys and not get some insight into what it's like to be them and be sensitive to what it's like to be a man. So yeah. uh, there's, there's a lot of insight that I have. There's a lot of experience that I have with, you know, just hearing and understanding, um, that I think, you know, that, that it makes, it makes guys a little bit more comfortable to come to me with stuff because they know, you know, that I've been, that I've been a, somewhat in their world. I haven't been in their body, but I've been in their world. <laughs> That's <laughs> why she is a dynamic therapist. She knows all sides to that going. <laughs> I try. <laughs> so thanks for listening, guys. We'll catch you next week. We love you. Take care. Yes. Love you Thank you for joining us on Freud's Angels. We are thankful for each of you opening up your heart to us. To continue the healing, connect with us on Instagram at Freud's underscore angels and on Facebook at Freud's Angels. Please subscribe to the show so that we may help you continue your journey. And remember to give us some love in the review section. If anything we've talked about today has triggered an emotional or mental crisis, please call 911 or head to the nearest emergency center. And always remember you are loved, you are worthy, and the world needs your light.